Hi, it's Christine, and you are listening to Christine's Voice, the podcast. Hi, everyone. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the podcast. And if you are coming back for this week's episode, thank you for always tuning in. Perfect attendance ka na! <laughs> so guys, get some snacks, grab your coffee, and let's start this week's episode. Hi guys! So for this week, I figured I just wanted to share with you some of the must-visit places in um, Kansai or Kyoto Osaka region. So this is in relation to the itinerary or some of the things that I listed down for a friend who's going to Osaka and Kyoto next week. So hi Aika! <laughs> so thanks to you, I found my um, inspiration for this week's episode. Actually guys, this is going to be short because I just want to highlight or give you highlights of what you should see in Osaka and Kyoto. So I wish I could have included Nara, but I don't really remember some of the places I've visited way back. But um, I do remember my trips in Osaka and Kyoto, so I might as well share those. So I was in Osaka in 2013. 2014 for an exchange student program so i was there for six months and i was able to have a feel of the city of or the region because i was there for quite some time and i can totally say that it's something i look forward to you know going back to and um i have a lot of good memories from the place so guys osaka and kyoto are both located in the kansai region of japan and um, there are many other popular locations within the area. But for today, we're just going to focus on Osaka and Kyoto. So if you are you know, planning to go to Japan, especially in Osaka, Kyoto area, so I'm putting them together because Osaka and Kyoto are just very near each other and it's just like one train away. And you can actually add Nara to your list Osaka, Kyoto, Nara, and also Kobe if you have like much more time. So these four areas are very close to each other. So I suggest if you are going to Osaka, you might as well pass by Kyoto and Nara and Kobe if you have the time. So I just want to share for this week Osaka and Kyoto and most of these locations are places that I've been to. So I will also try to share with you some of the photos that I have from a few years back. And hopefully I find them and hopefully I get to share them with you. So I will tell you as we go along if I've been to the place. And if not, I will still share it with you just in case you are, you know, looking forward to more places you can visit. And maybe have your own experience in the area because I can only share as much as what I've experienced and some of the places I am including even though I haven't been there just for you to have more options. First on the list for Osaka will definitely be the USJ or the Universal Studios Japan. If you are a fan of theme parks or amusement parks, this would definitely be on your list. You know, especially if you are a big Harry Potter fan because there is that 
Harry Potter theme park inside USJ, which is very popular among the kids and adults alike. So we, some of us, we've grown up watching Harry Potter movies and the theme park just you know comes to life and gives us that amazing experience that was supposed to be fiction so that's just crazy but um this is one of the many reasons why people just couldn't keep usj off their list when they go to osaka so the usj i have some background info for you was the first theme park under the universal studios to be built in osaka so it opened in march 2001 in the osaka bay area and occupies an area of 39 hectares and is the most visited amusement park in japan after tokyo disney resort so we know in japan that there is tokyo disneyland and tokyo disney sea in tokyo um if you are not you know, going to Tokyo, there's also alternatives like the USJ in Osaka. So I have some information, but you might as well check this on the website. But it says here that admission fees may vary depending on the date of your visit. So it can range from um, 7,400 yen to 8,900 yen for 12 to 64 years old or 5,100 yen to 6,100 yen for children 4 to 11 years old and 6,700 yen to 8,000 yen for 65 years old and above. So the passes include unlimited rides and can be bought at the park gate. So you can just go there and buy your tickets but it is advisable especially if you are a foreigner to buy it online ahead of time and to schedule when you would go to the park so that you would actually have your tickets in advance and just devote a day or two to visit the park because for sure it will be crowded there will be a lot of people and you have to prepare for the crowd and i tell you it's i've been there in 2010 and tao, the lines would actually give you estimates of 40 minutes to an hour and a half so i really suggest you plan your trip to usj for you to have that more valuable experience because you wouldn't want to waste a day waiting in line and there are express passes that are being sold but you have to be fast in availing them because they also run out and some theme parks like the harry potter like park in usj would also have limited slots or limited passes so yun so I have been to USJ, but I haven't been to the Harry Potter theme park. So I look forward to that. And I think when people go there, they do not forget to buy the butter beer. <laughs> so you might as well do that. And of course, take lots of pictures with you. So USJ is the first on the list. The next one is the Osaka Aquarium or the Osaka Aquarium Kaiyukan. So this is located in the Tempozan Harbor Village at Osaka Bay Area. So it is one of Japan's most spectacular aquariums. So for the Kaiyukan or the Osaka Aquarium, I have been here with my friends. And it's just so overwhelming because ang daming different um, species. And it's actually a very good place to visit if you are, you know, looking for alternatives to eating or shopping <laughs> and theme parks. Because it's actually um, very educational, of course. Because 
you would also see the different species and how they came about in the area. So according to my research, the admission fee is 2,300 yen and it's open from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And yon. So thinking about the Osaka Aquarium just makes me miss my friends. So I'm gonna say a quick shout out to them. So um, hi to my sister Hui from Cambodia. And of course, our little brothers Reza and Indra from Indonesia. And Mother Lily from East Timor. So if you guys are listening, I'm not sure they are because they also have their lives. <laughs> But if they are listening, hi guys! I will be looking for our photos from the Osaka Aquarium so they might come out on my page. And I hope you're okay with that. But I hope you guys are doing okay and I miss you so much. I just remember all of the good times that we shared in Osaka Aquarium. <laughs> so it's just good memories. Third on the list for Osaka is of course the Osaka Castle or the Osaka Jo. So many travel agencies would definitely hook you up with this list. <laughs> this list that I'm giving you right now would be, you know, including some of the lists that travel agencies will give you. So uh, you might as well take notes. So the Osaka Castle, I have been here twice. So it's actually, of course, a castle. And then there's this um, moat area surrounding it. And it's just gives you a very history, rich history vibes. And of course, the inside also includes a lot of Japan's history, particularly that of Osaka. And there are also merchandise being sold inside and outside the castle. So this is a must. You shouldn't go to Osaka and miss the Osaka castle at least once. And of course, the surrounding area within the castle is also filled with different trees, which is very good in maybe, you know, autumn or spring season. So, yeah, but any time of the year that you go to Osaka Castle would be nice. It's like very spacious and very refreshing when you visit the place. So we've been here quite, I think, Almost at the same time when we went to the Osaka Aquarium. So we just, I briefly remember that we made the quick stop, just went around, you know, enjoyed some food, took pictures. So this was when me and my friends were just making the most of the last few days of our stay in Osaka. So there are two places to go within the castle ground. So this is the actual tower, the castle tower, which is open from 9 to 5. And the admission fee is 600 yen. So the fees are just estimate, guys. I just found it online. I'm just sharing it with you. And of course, the Nishinomaru Garden, which is open also from 9 to 5, the same as the castle. And admission is 200 yen. So I'm excited for you to visit this place and just have a view of the very rich history that is the Osaka Castle. Because, you know, these areas are actual castles that were used way before like it was used for tourism so you will learn all about that when you visit the place be mindful though of other tourists because since this is a very famous spot in osaka there would definitely be a lot of people just be sensitive to other people and just always remember to truly be there 
to exist in that place to be there is just the present meeting the past and you have to embrace the history and just learn about the culture just learn about um the history of japan so moving forward i also have here the omeda sky building observatory so for the omeda sky building we were not really sure what we were you know looking for when we first went here because um we were living in um near ishibashi station which is also very near osaka university and the first major station that we would always take that will lead us to downtown osaka would be omeda and lo and behold there's this building that has the omeda sky building and i think it was indra who suggested it to us we go and just see the place and we actually had a good time i think we also ate somewhere near umeda afterwards and i think we also went shopping after but yeah the umeda sky building observatory is a 173 meter tall building consisting of two towers that are connected with each other and the only thing that connects them is the floating garden observatory on the 39th floor so we went there i think we took a lot of pictures and we went there early on before um, the end of the semester I think halfway through the semester we went there and as a group we took photos and had lots of fun and um, the only thing that I can remember clearly about the area is the long stretch of escalator leading you up to the observatory is something that you should definitely you know experience at least once <laughs> i don't know i think it amazes me with thinking about it because back then we were just really surprised like how long will this thing go <laughs> and i remember indra was becoming really you know scared in a way because the escalator is just so long like it's never ending and i was just taking lots of videos and photos of everyone with their experience the usual thing that i do and yeah it was just so fun so that's one of the things that strikes me the most about that observatory the escalator you should go see that and it says here the admission fee is 1500 yen and it's open from 9 30 to 10 30 p.m there are also restaurants within the building but since it's just near um downtown osaka and umeda area marami naman pwedeng kainan and you can just make a quick stop and proceed to your usual shopping kasi umeda is just the beginning of your downtown journey kasi andyan na si next na si dotonbori si namba ganun so apart from the Umeda Sky building, um, I would also suggest if you have some spare time, you visit the Osaka Expo 70 Park or the Bampaku Koen. So this is a very big park and um, I think it's a little bit farther than the rest of the suggestions that I would give you. And I remember it's gonna take you some transfers before you get to the Bampaku Park because I think you would need to access it by the monorail and it really has its own station it's called the Bampaku Koen station and there are also other ways for you to get there but I distinctly remember it's next 
to the Bampako Kinen Koen Station along the Osaka Monorail. And the Expo 70 commemorative park is a as I said, a very large public park and it is located 30 minutes north of the city center. It's so spacious. It's just so spacious. It's the venue for the Japan World Exposition in the 1970. And ayun nga, it's the first of its kind kaya siya naging Osaka Expo 70 Park. So today, the grounds have become a popular destination for enjoying nature, sports, museums and seasonal flowers so we were there autumn i think it was the peak of autumn and it was just so beautiful you can really see nature and feel the air around you it's just so clean and we took lots and lots of pictures group photos individual photos and since it's spacious it would take us quite some time like i think we spent the entire afternoon just walking around the area but it was just fun and i remember also we went there for a second time and the second time was around december christmas day or christmas season and there was then a ramen expo going on wherein we were able to purchase tickets to get our own specialty ramen and these are from ramen shops that are so prestigious and so famous and just so known for their delicate tastes because each of them have different anyway, soup base so it was like an exhibit or an expo of different ramen of different origins and different soup bases it was very affordably priced I really love that ramen. I still remember it to this day. What else have we done there? Um, yeah, there were also the lighting of the Bampaku Koen um, mascot. There are lights, there are displays, there are expositions, there are exhibits. It's just so beautiful. So if you have time, I suggest you also go there. Especially for the flower viewing season. So maybe it's autumn or spring. I really suggest you go and just take in all the nature that you can. It's just so beautiful. We don't have that in the Philippines. And it's just one of those things that gusto kong ipak, ilagay ko sa bag ko, iwi ko sa Philippines. <laughs> so, so yon. Expo 70 Park, guys. Of course, the last but not the least for my Osaka list is downtown Osaka or the Minami, which has the um, Namba and the Shinsai Bashi area. So for this guys, if you are into shopping and of course food, this is where you get everything. And all of our shopping was done in these areas and everything that we needed, we found here. And um, just a reminder, Osaka is actually one of Japan's food capitals and this is the birthplace of okonomiyaki and takoyaki so if you are heading to osaka it's a must that you try okonomiyaki and takoyaki because this is just the authentic ones the best ones you'd ever try you would not think of takoyaki and okonomiyaki the same way again Actually, everywhere naman in Osaka would give you good takoyaki and okonomiyaki. But in the downtown areas, of course, there would be a lot more 
shops selling food and you might as well have that experience while you're shopping and also get the food that you need for you to go on shopping <laughs> so this is the place to be and this is also where you can see the glico the glico the company the glico running man sign and the kani doraku crab sign which is osaka staple picture <laughs> so dun talaga siya a lot of people would have pictures of that. Just research it. Glico Running Man and of course, the Kani Doraku Crab sign. Dun lang siya. I think the best photos that you can get of the Glico Man would be within the bridge. Just go there, check it out. I still remember. Na, kasi dun lang siya. On one side of the bridge would be the place where you can buy clothes. I think H&M. Yung pinakamalapit. Then once you cross the bridge, andun na yung Glico sign. <laughs> so, it's just very easy to spot. You wouldn't get lost in that area. And by the way, Namba and Shinsaibashi are just one station away from the subway. And if you just have the time, just walk through that long strip of streets and just pass through all of the shops. Kasi andun na yung lahat. And there are other streets also that have more shops, especially around the Denden town or the equivalent of Akihabara in Osaka. So I think it's just a few streets away, but it's all there. The downtown area would have all of the things that you need. And it's a long strip. Para siyang sila Harajuku area na sobrang haba ng strips. Pati siya Shibuya area na sobrang haba ng mga shopping streets. So. It's actually the same and you would definitely find whatever you need from um, pharmacies, um, skincare, luxury items, Japan brands, stuff like local stores, food stores, electronic shops, secondhand shops, and in Omeda station also they have malls nearby. So, I think Yodobashi camera would be like the first thing that you would see from the station. And there are also malls na magkakatabi lang. Kaya, ang daming choices guys. So, I've given you all of the things that you need. And as always, my point of view, if you are looking for cheap food, nagsisale po sa Japan yung mga food pagdating ng gabi. <laughs> so maybe around 8 to 9 or 10 so the food stalls inside the station and of course yung mga katabi that you can pass by nagsisale yung mga ibang stuff so it's good to buy food mga ganun. pati yung groceries then so if you are planning to have a long day for you know touring and sightseeing and you wanted to get food the night before just buy food at the grocery and it might be on sale just get it and then by the next day just eat it or bring it with you so you have enough food or fuel for a long day so you guys could try that out and everything just tastes so good so you might as well take advantage of the discounts so when we're back i'll be giving you my list for kyoto so for osaka yunsha let's have a rundown of all the places that i've suggested so for osaka USJ Universal Studios Japan, the Osaka Aquarium Kayukan, Osaka Castle or the Osaka Jo, the Omeda Sky Building Observatory, 
the Osaka Expo 70 Park or the Bampaku Koen, and of course, downtown Osaka or the Minami, which is somewhere around Namba and Shinsaibashi area. So, yun. Alright, guys. Hi everyone! I hope you are enjoying this week's podcast episode and I do invite you to like my Instagram and Facebook pages. That's Christine's Voice, the podcast, to get to know more about updates on our upcoming episodes. Thank you and I hope you are having a great day wherever you are in the world. Alright, so Kyoto naman tayo. So for Kyoto, I divided it into the different um, areas. So Eastern Kyoto, Northern Kyoto, Western Kyoto, and of course, Southern Kyoto. So, um, I will just tell you all of my list and will give you a must-visit area or must-visit list after I give you all of the things I have here. So, for Eastern Kyoto, let's start it. Eastern Kyoto, I have the Kyomizudera Temple. So, this temple is actually a UNESCO heritage site. And I suggest it first and foremost because i have been here personally i have seen the beauty of the kyomizudera temple and it's just i don't know breathtaking because kyoto is the old capital of japan and it has its very unique charms because um it combines the traditional and the modern because some areas would definitely be modern buildings but on the other end of the spectrum would be traditional very old buildings and temples so for the kyomizudera i'll give you a short background so kyomizudera which means pure water temple is one of the most celebrated temples in japan and it was founded in 780 on the site of the otawa waterfall and it derives its name from the false pure waters. And the temple was originally associated with the Hosu sect, one of the oldest schools within Japanese Buddhism. And again, it is a UNESCO heritage site. So the admission fee is 400 yen and it is open from 6am to 6pm. So what can I remember from Kyomizudera? Because the structure of the temple, the temple is actually big. And you would you can go to the side railings and actually view this magnificent, you know, breathtaking sight that is the overall of Kyoto. And maganda siya talaga. I mean, I really recommend going to this place. But guys, um, just a reminder because I noticed there is a um alert from one of the websites I visited. Stating that there is a construction ongoing at the main hall of Kyomizudera, so you won't be able to access it. And the construction is actually from February 2017 until the end of March 2020. So if you are going there at this time or at this period, you might not be able to access it because there would definitely be more construction going on. It's just November. So, I did tell my friend about this because this is what it says on the site. And, sayang. Kasi, syempre, you would be going there when at this time and you wouldn't be able to see the main hall. But yun, it's not just the main hall naman that's a must. Everything about that area is something that you should see. And, I still suggested it because it's something that is just so magnificent and just so, I don't know, 
it gives you good vibes there's nature there's temples and it's just one of the places that you should visit when you're in kyoto okay so the next on the list is the ginkakuji or the silver pavilion so i've not yet been here because uh it's a bit far from every other place that we we've been to or we've tried going and but this is the list that i have that falls under eastern kyoto so if you are you know not pressed for time and you can make your transfer from kyomizudera to ginkakuji then that's good for you but the ginkakuji is a zen temple along kyoto's eastern mountains and this is actually you know modeled after the golden pavilion or the kinkakuji and Itsubara wasn't able to go here but definitely when I go back to Kyoto I would put this on my list and its admission fee is 500 yen and it is open from 8:30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and the time is actually shorter from December to February which is 9 to 4:30 so medyo na move siya anyway so If you have visited the place and if you liked it or if you have other suggestions as to how to get to this place just let me know guys I am excited to plan future trips in the area because I haven't been to a lot of places in Kyoto but I've had the most amazing experience also it, culturally it's just you know a lot of different things I learned and Ang ganda lang everywhere. Like every site I've been to, it's just breathtaking. That's how good it is. So, yeah. If you guys have comments or suggestions about Ginkakuji, let me know. So, that was Eastern Kyoto. And now we go to Southern Kyoto, one of my favorites ever. And Southern Kyoto has the Fushimi Inari Shrine. So the Fushimi Inari Shrine or the Fushimi Inari Taisha is an important Shinto shrine in southern Kyoto. It is famous for its thousands of vermilion tori gates which straddle a network of trails behind its main buildings. So guys, ito yung lagi niyo nakikita sa pictures na orange um tori gates na pagkasunod-sunod and then each of these tori gates actually have names written on each side these names are i think um the ones who gave funding of sorts to the creation of the temple or have contributed to the building of the shrine and ayun, as usual these shrine will just be picture perfect for everybody but apart from that What I liked most about the Fushimi Inari Shrine is, of course, the serenity of the place. What it stands for. And there's this huge hike. And there are different stops before you can reach the highest point. And we weren't able to reach the highest point when we went there because, um, first one, it was raining. When we visited, but it didn't stop us from taking lots of good photos and appreciating all of the nature and all of the symbolism that is there. And um, if given the chance, I would definitely go back and visit it and try to, you know, climb the highest peak of this temple. 
this is also a must for you to visit and um what can i remember from this area because once we went down fushimi inari shrine there would also be different spots for food and shopping and i really like regional delicacies for in kyoto my favorite namayatsuhashi so it's kind of kakanin i really love those after the shrine visit i immediately went to the shopping stalls or the stores and you know have my hoard of my favorite delicacies and apart from that i always make it a point that whenever i go to the shrine I buy charms or the omamori. So these omamori can be likened to the Catholic candles. Remember when we go to church or whenever you visit a Catholic church in the Philippines, some of um, the churches would have a places where they sell colored candles. And these colored candles would have different meanings. It can be for good health, safety, studying, so it, it's the same thing in Japan, the omamori. So each of the omamori will have a different purpose. And I would always buy those omamori for family and friends. And for me, it's just my way of keeping family and friends in my thoughts. That I remember them, that I pray for them, that I would always buy them charms. Of course, if it's for my parents, it's good health. Back then, for my sister, it was studying, being able to graduate, passing an exam. And there is also this one time, I got omamori for our pet dog, which is for good life or good health and long life. So I'm really into those. So if you are also like me, who likes the charms, um, they have a variety of those. And you can buy as many as you want or as you need. And just take note of the prices. Each temple would have a different set of omamori and they would make all of these, you know, by hand and each will have a different meaning. So as always, I got my omamori at Hoshimi Inari Shrine and I still have it until now since I wasn't able to go back to buy a new one. So sabi kasi nila, you have to bring your omamori back and have it disposed by the the monks then you can you know have another one or buy another one so that's the cycle of the omamori and i still have mine up to this day and i just keep it as charms i love them <laughs> all right so the next on my list is the tofukuji which is still in southern kyoto i haven't been here but i will just give you a brief description of the area so this is a large zen temple and is particularly famous for its spectacular autumn colors so i think maganda rin tong puntahan especially if you are into that autumn vibes and since kyoto is very traditional and rich in history rich in culture it would be perfect to visit this temple so according to the history, the name is a combination of the names of two great temples in Nara that were also associated with the Fujiwara, which is the Todaiji Temple and the Kofukuji Temple. I've been to Todaiji way back 
and it's just so beautiful. So I'm guessing Tokofuji is also a very beautiful, stunning location that you can actually visit while you're in southern Kyoto. So around this time, November, it's open from 8.30 to 4.30 p.m. So the admission fees is um, 400 yen. And it's a different fee for the bridge in the hall and the gardens. You can just look at that if you want to. And that's it. That's all for Southern Kyoto. Now we go to Northern Kyoto. Ito Northern Kyoto mostly na puntaan namin siya. Kasi magkakatabi lang siya. So I'll give you my list. Guys, for Northern Kyoto, actually madami. Madaming pwedeng puntahan. But I only listed the ones that I've been to. Kasi ito yung magkakatabi. Magkakasunod lang siya. Just, I think, um a bit of a downward slope walk siya. I mean, a bit far from each other, but it's of a walking distance. And you just have to go like a downward slope and it's just there. You just pass by all of these three areas. So the first stop that we did was the King Kakuji or the Golden Pavilion. Ito na yung um, predecessor ni King Kakuji. So the King Kakuji or the Golden Pavilion is a Zen temple whose top two floors are completely covered in gold leaf. So, ito talaga when you look at it, it's just gold. Ang ganda-ganda niya tingnan. And you cannot actually go inside the temple, but you can just go around it, take a walk, take pictures, and as always, like Kiyomizudera and the Fushimi Inari Shrine, this is also one of those touristy photos or the standard photos that you would see when you go to Kyoto. And King Kakuji actually has admission fees. It says here 400 yen. And it's open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So after going to King Kakuji, as I said, you just have to walk. Like a few minutes from King Kakuji, you would find the Ninaji Temple. The Ninaji Temple is one of the many great temples in Kyoto, which are listed as the World Heritage Site. So like... Kyomizudera. Ninaji Temple is also a World Heritage Site. I remember when we went there, we were trying to get to as many places as possible. So we went to Fushimi Inari Shrine first and then made our transfer to um, Northern Kyoto, which led us to the King Kakuji. And then we just took a walk, had some lunch along the way, and stopped by Ninaji Temple. So there's also admission fee. It's 500 yen. And um, it says here, the fee would be higher if it's the cherry blossom season. And it's open from 9am to 5pm. Try to visit it, guys. It's lang siya, so you just have to walk a bit. It's tiring, but it's definitely worth it, I tell you. So after you visit Ninaji Temple, again, take a few minutes walk. Downward slope yan. And you would find the Ryoanji Temple. And the Ryoanji Temple is the site of Japan's most famous rock garden, which, you know, has a lot of tourists every day. And the Ryoanji Temple, I don't remember if it's the Ninaji Temple or the Ryoanji Temple, but ito yung may mga patterns or different patterns in the rocks that was drawn by the monks 
and it's just very quiet it's very peaceful and you can actually meditate when you're here and just appreciate everything that's happening at that moment because you're there now you you have amazing scenery in front of you you have the serenity and the quiet of your surroundings so it's just so much to take in and i definitely liked my visit then because um we went there on a weekday and i'm i was with my friends so we were just there to really appreciate everything that is around us and for the Ryuanji Temple, it's open from 8 to 5 from March to November and 8.30 to 4.30 from December to February. And the admission fee is 500 yen. So, guys, So when you go to Northern Kyoto, that's Kinkakuji, um, Ninaji, and Ryuanji. So there are also other temples nearby. But um, since we just walked, we didn't have like, much idea about how the buses work at that time so we were only able to go to three out of the many ones but these three are worth it and will definitely leave you you know wanting more kasi sobrang gaganda yun nga ito yung lagi ko naisipan na I was in these areas yung parang pwede ko ba tong impake uwi ko sa amin <laughs> the similar reaction I have whenever I go to Japanese parks so especially at this time November so it's like the peak of autumn or actually patapos na yung autumn eh magsastart na yung winter soon but you can still see the changing of the colors of the leaves very beautiful so that's northern Kyoto to my friend Aika if you are listening I hope you get your best experience of Osaka and Kyoto and that you would marvel at the beauty of these areas at this time of the year. Kasi talagang maganda talaga siya. Walang biro. So the last area for Kyoto is Western Kyoto. Ito hindi ko pa napupuntahan. I regretted not going when I was invited by one of our Filipino friends in Osaka at that time. And my friends went but i think i had something to do at that time maybe work or maybe um maybe i went to my host family so but i regretted not going but at the same time i guess this is included na in my list when i do go back so this is arashiyama especially the bamboo groves so arashiyama is a pleasant touristy district in the western outskirts of kyoto this area has been a popular destination since the Heian period when nobles would enjoy its natural setting. So, ito guys, if you ever see videos of Kyoto or of Japan in general, you would always see those bamboo groves and these are mostly taken in Arashiyama in Kyoto. But apart from the bamboo groves, there are also different areas that you can see within Arashiyama. But in bamboo groves muna yung unahin nyo. <laughs> Kasi ito talaga, it's a must. So the bamboo groves, these are walking paths that cut through the bamboo groves. So you can also take bicycle rides according to the website. And these are particularly attractive when there is light wind or if a tall bamboo stalks away gently back and forth. So yung mga wind effect, ganon. But yon a very 
vital reminder for everybody because um, the bamboo groves in Arashiyama have been reported in the news just a few months ago when um, some tourists, I'm not particularly sure of their nationality, but when some tourists started vandalizing the bamboo groves by embedding or writing names within these groves or within the bamboos. So this is a no-no, guys. Huwag na huwag niyo itong gagawin because the bamboo groves actually symbolize something for the people living in Kyoto. And apart from its part of nature, apart from its actually um, one of their pride and joy in the area, it's something that attracts a lot of visitors every year. These are not something that you should write your name on. These are not something that you should bother. These are something that you should just admire from a distance and just appreciate. So I don't really get the reasoning why they started you know, embedding their names because this would definitely harm the plant. These are plants. Bamboos are plants. So why would you do that to a plant? And apart from that, these bamboos are important to the people in the area. It symbolizes peace, tranquility, and just the rich history that is in Kyoto. So, no, no, no talaga yan, guys. Huwag na huwag gagawin yan if you don't want to end up in the news. And just learn to appreciate what they have. And you are there as a tourist. You, as much as possible, I encourage you to learn about their culture in the most local way possible and to respect nature, their nature, their place, their home. So, because as tourists, our mindset will always be, ah, I will just be here once. I'll not be going back again. So, what would be your impact after you leave this area? Because there are other people living in the area. So, you must not just think about yourself. And you are visiting a foreign place. It's not just you around. So, you must be able to um, respect your surroundings. Anyway, so apart from the bamboo groves, there are several sites that you can also visit within Arashiyama. So the first one is the Togetsukyo Bridge or the Moon Crossing Bridge. It is Arashiyama's most iconic landmark. And the next one is the Tenryuji Temple, which is ranked among Kyoto's five great Zen temples. And it is the largest and the most impressive temple in Arashiyama. So it is open from 8.30 to 5.30 p.m. And its admission fee is 500 yen for the gardens with an additional 300 yen to enter the buildings. So I really wish I could be here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm reading all of these facts to you. In my mind, I just wish I could be there and just see the place for myself. <sighs> anyway, the next temple that you might want to visit is the Daikakuji Temple. It is um, a temple of the Shingon sect of the Japanese Buddhism. It is the former residence of an emperor, and the buildings were converted into a temple in 876. So the Dai Kakuji Temple is open from 9 to 5, and admission fee is 500 yen. So like in northern Kyoto, there are also temples na magkakatabi in Arashiyama. So the next one is Nisonin Temple, which is similar to 
the next one. The next one is the Jojakuji. So Nisunan Temple is similar to Jojakuji. And it is a hillside temple with slightly larger and imposing buildings. So a generally understated atmosphere on the temple grounds is partly due to the overhanging trees along approach. So guys, this is open from 9 to 4.30 p.m. and admission fee is 500 yen. So I'm just gonna read through the information that I have because it's something that I haven't seen. So I just wanted to also have a brief you know, background of what it is like. So, as I said, the Jojakuji Temple, which is next, is also situated in the mountainside and it has small, attractive buildings and gates. So, it has a quiet and understated atmosphere. So, you can actually admire different views of Kyoto from different spots in the Jojakuji Temple. The next temple, or the last temple, within this area is the Gyoji Temple. So the Gyoji Temple is known for its moss garden that is punctuated with the tall maple trees. And um, it says here that this temple is more situated into the forest than Nisonin and Jojakuji. So it has the same period or um, opening hours which is 9 to 5. And it also has a 300 yen admission fee. So I think yung magkakatabi dito is si Nisonin, Gyoji, and Jojakuji. Whereas si um, Daikakukuji Temple is a bit farther. But it's still within Arashiyama area. Then si Tenryuji is closer to the bamboo groves. Which is something that you might want to pass by since if you're going to visit the bamboo groves naman. Anyway, so... That's all of my list. I did say na konti lang sila pero parang ang haba ng explanations ko. Anyway, so Kyoto is a very tourist-friendly area. If you have problems finding um specific areas or locating um spots that you wanted to visit, my suggestion is to get um copies of maps or detailed maps. That can be found in stations or maybe merong mga tourist booths somewhere. Kasi marami naman yan since these are tourist areas. So even before you start your journey in Kyoto, you can actually find reliable sources online that will give you um, a few tips to remember when planning your itinerary and how to tackle as many places as possible within the area. So this is this is exactly what I did for my friend, but with my own personal notes because some of these places I have been to and um, I can only, you know, suggest the ones that I've personally seen and can actually testify to how amazing the views were. And the, just the overall experience is just something unforgettable. And I really wanted her to have the same experience. And I really wanted you to give it a try as well. Especially if you're looking for um, a place to visit next year. Because, of course, close na tayo to, ano eh, <laughs> close na tayo to December. Close na tayo to ending 2019. But if you guys are planning trips for this month or next month, December, you might consider going to Osaka. Or Kyoto, so ito yung mga suggestions or lists of places go for visit. So again, for recap, Eastern Kyoto, a must would be Kyomizudera. 
for Southern Kyoto, a must is the Fushimi Inari Shrine. For Northern Kyoto, a must is the Kinkakuji or the Golden Pavilion. And then if you have spare time, just walk a few bits down slope, going to the Ryoanji Temple and the Ninaji Temple. And of course, for Western Kyoto, explore the wonder and beauty of Arashiyama and just take it all in nature at its best. Tandaan you guys, Kyoto is one of the oldest capitals or the older capitals of Japan. And it has so much history. And if Osaka is the food capital of Japan, Kyoto, according to one of the Japanese I've met recently, is the clothing capital of Japan. So this is where you can try um, kimonos, traditional clothing. And of course, guys, don't forget to try matcha or green tea in Kyoto. This is the birthplace of matcha, the authentic matcha. Of course, um, since Osaka is near, there are also influences of the green tea culture and cultivation in Osaka as, you know, spearheaded by um, Sen Norikyu or the master of tea ceremony and yon, if you are into green tea like me the original authentic delicious matcha green tea would be in Kyoto ayun guys yun pala so if you are a fan of green tea and you are in the Philippines I implore you to look for Sujiri Greenbelt has a branch and ito kasi guys, Sujiri is originally from Kyoto. And ito nga, they have authentic matcha. So if you want to get the taste of that matcha from Kyoto and you cannot go to Kyoto yourself, then Sujiri is the way to go. So yun. Anyway guys, so that's it. That's my list for Osaka and Kyoto. I hope you can get some of those locations for your next itinerary to Osaka and Kyoto. And I myself have to visit some of these places again or some of these places soon because I also miss the beauty of Kyoto and Osaka. And um, if you guys have questions for me, I'll be trying to post photos from my trips before so that you can also have a feel of what it was like when I visited those places. And again, this list is inspired by my friend who's going to Osaka and Kyoto next week. I hope you enjoy your trip, Aika. And thank you again for trusting me to share with you some of my favorite spots when I was there. And yon, hopefully we'll get to explore more areas next time and this is actually the second travel recommendation that i have the first one was in tokyo so it's about time i have osaka and kyoto for you and guys just a disclaimer that's not everything that you need to see in osaka and kyoto there's just so much more i wish i would have all of that list for you right now but for me for example i can also recommend sakai city i love sakai city this is in Osaka. So, yon, there are also a lot more beautiful places I have for you in store. So, one of my favorites would be Sakai City, where my host family lives. So, hello to my host family, Okasan, Otosan, and to everybody. And of course, um, Nara. And 
um, Kobe would also be a good place to explore. So, but for now, I have those for you. It's specifically for travel and, you know, for first-time tourists in Osaka and Kyoto. So, I hope you guys learned something and I hope you guys can put it into good use. Again, when traveling, I hope you be responsible and try to respect other people's cultures. Alright, thank you guys and I'll see you next week. Bye!